Hey everyone, welcome to Guards of Eden. Today's guest is Eb and Ali. I was fortunate enough to meet Ebs about four or five years ago when we were studying to become neuro-linguistic programming practitioners. I was immediately drawn to her energy. It was really joyful, really upbeat. She was fun. Yeah, I just loved spending time with her and just immediately was really drawn to the woman and human being that she was. And kind of as our friendship grew, I learned about a group that she had founded, which was called Mentality. An amazing, amazing group that provides a space for men to share a whole host of feelings and experiences and yeah, basically just a safe space for men to discuss the things that impact our men our mental health. I was fortunate enough to speak to Tambo Salavwe in season three, and he's been closely affiliated with Mentali and Ebbs introduced us. So yeah, Ebbs has just managed to find this beautiful community of men that are just trying to focus on personal development in terms of emotional, mental, yeah, just well-being overall. So being able to learn about Ebbs' story up to that point is something that I'm extremely grateful for. You get to hear in this episode about Ebbs' experience in the beauty pageantry circuit, which was something I loved learning about, but also just getting a real idea of just how fantastic she is as a woman and being able to provide things for men and women that allows them to grow and evolve and just be the best version of themselves. And I think it's it's just such a tremendous way to work and a way to live that I'm super excited for you to hear the episode. If you're listening to this on Apple, please leave a rating and a review. That'd be greatly appreciated. Please subscribe. And please go and show Ebb's love above all else because, yeah, I just cannot think highly enough of the human being that she is. But without further ado, three, two, one, let's go. Hey, Ebb's, how are you? I am good. I am good. I'm just like soaking in the sun of Colombia right now, which is like just really nice. Um, It was very, very hectic getting here. Mm. Um, but I genuinely, um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm at peace. I am honestly in, in a space mentally that I've never necessarily been before. Um, you know, I'm just in the middle of like starting a new, you know, this career path that I've always wanted to do and always wanted to experience. So I'm in a very like content, but very shocked kind of like place right now, but I'm good. I'm, I'm I'm good, basically. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. So, first question, Ebs. I have mm. a I have a soundtrack playlist on Spotify, where mm-hmm. each guest gives me a contribution. So, oh, nice. <laughs> so, can you give me a song that reminds you of a happy memory, or just simply makes you feel good? Oh yeah, I want you to rock the boat. <laughs> Aliyah, rock the boat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you have it, Aliyah, rock the boat. I love it. So that is going to live on the Gods of Eden soundtrack Spotify playlist, which, which is yes. in the notes. So, Ebs, <laughs> let's start from the beginning. How yeah. do you remember? How do you remember your childhood, and what was a young Ebs like growing up? Oh, I love this question because I don't often get 
I don't often go back into childhood, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, I think that's just because I'm, I'm very kind of in the future, like I'm, I'm very future thinking, so I never really have stepped into my past that deeply recently. But childhood airs is like full of life, um, you know, really vibrant and joy-filled. And, and one thing that I remember about myself was always being the first one to go on the dance floor. Like, you know, like when there's a party, you know, like there's a bit where it, it's just about to get lit. I'm the one that brings the litness. Like I'm the one who just like all the aunties will be in the background. They'll be chilling, sitting down. But I'm the sis that like jumps on and literally like rocks the boat, literally. So that's something that I remember, you know, just being a really bubbly child and being very, um, you know, just I think that child that everyone kind of like, knew about like yeah yeah I, I was a joyful child like I, I think childhood I, I I really enjoyed you know like oh you know that like do you remember like Tamagotchis and yeah. all them I don't know if you know remember those, like Tamagotchis and yo-yos and uh, there's just something so nostalgic about you know the 90s and like growing up then but yeah childhood was good it was it was really good fun oh, I love it I love it and it makes sense with who you are now because I was thinking I've always known you as this like, really joyful and upbeat person. And I was like, right. I wonder if that's just like come with time and kind of more right. comfortable with yourself. But it's nice to know that was kind of just ebbs, ebbs all the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still me, still me, still the same me. And one thing people do say about me as well is that like I've not changed like my face, literally like my face has not changed. Like I look exactly how... I looked as a child basically so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh i love it i love it so much <laughs> um and what were like what were hobbies of yours growing up because i know you'd go on to study drama and i believe it's dramatic theater arts at university was that something yeah. you were into early on growing up do you know what not really you know when i was growing up i really didn't i didn't really know what i wanted to do to be honest with you i knew that i was creative I knew that I, you know, loved being practical. So whether that was like art or making things or, you know, drawing, like I knew that intrinsically I was a creative person. Mm. How I wanted to express that, you know, I didn't really know earlier on. It was only until um, I got into secondary school that I knew that like my, I guess my performance and acting and that side of like life really came alive. Um, and I remember like performing at school one day during our, you know, for our drama exam. And I was, I did this monologue about a twin who had lost her sister in a hurricane. I came up with that monologue literally on the spot. Like they gave us five minutes to make up a story. And I made up a story about this girl who, you know, lost her twin in a hurricane. And there's this exercise that they do in drama school called hot seating, where you sit down in a circle full of people and you basically perform in the hot seat or, you know, um, they ask you questions. So I think I was being asked questions and also doing a monologue as well. And I remember like performing it, right? And immersing myself into this, this role and looking up and seeing everybody, including my teacher, like in dead silence. Like they were all completely silent 
everybody was like, I saw my teacher crying. I was like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> and it was at that moment that like, and then you know when you had the slow claps, like the... <laughs> I was like, oh, what's going on? And it was at that point that I knew that, wow, like I am, you know, at the, yeah, like I'm a good performer. Like acting is definitely something that I should look into. And that's how I kind of like pivoted into like performance and theater and that kind of thing yeah it's um yeah once again like you've always been really engaging so it's like something that i kind of understand and when mm. i was when i was looking up like prepping for the interview i was like ah okay this just makes like a, a bunch of sense because you've always been someone <laughs> that, you've always been someone that like because the when we met was through we did a day tester for an for nlp right so I always remembered you being like engaging and when you were talking like really captivating so it was something that when right. I thought of you as like a performer it was right yeah I was wondering where that all began I love it where that, where that came from yeah <laughs> so how did you find that transition to the Midlands for university it was good fun I mean to be honest like getting into uni was a struggle mm. um so you know I when I got when I was going into uni, I didn't necessarily have the grades to do what I originally wanted to do, which was psychology or sociology, right? Like, right. I, and I didn't get the grade, so I had to go through clearing and um, to get me in. And then I couldn't get onto any of the courses that I initially intended, basically. So, I, I mean, I was going to drama school at the time, and I was going to identity drama school and get in training there. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I, I can't really, like, what else am I going to do at uni? Like, I can't really see myself doing anything else. So I picked drama. I was like, do you know what? I'll just go do drama or whatever. I called my, 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 I called my cousin. I was like, sit, like, cause like, what uni are you going to? She was like, she's going to Leicester. I was like, oh, my gosh. They said that um, I can get a place in DMU and DMU and Leicester are in, like, the same remit. Mm. So when she was like, she's going to Leicester, I was like, girl, I'm going to see you there. <laughs> I'm going to come to DMU. And that's how I, like, I ended up moving to the Midlands and just having, honestly, university, apart from the coursework and the work itself, was actually the best. Like, one of my yeah. favourite times in my life. I think just as a young adult where you're just, you know, you have, you're away from home, you know, you're getting into your rhythm, you're getting into your flow and what you like, what you don't like, and you're, you know, trusting yourself and dealing with your own internal like dialogue and just it was beautiful and like making new relationships and connections yeah so my transition to um university was incredible i had a good time yeah i was um so there's something that like intrigued me because you're someone that likes to travel solo much like myself i love going yeah. away solo but have you always been someone that is quite independent i feel not not that I've wanted to be, to be mm. honest. I actually, I mean, actually, I do, I am codependent. Like, growing up, I had a very, you know, I've had a very supportive family. So even whilst I was at uni, at the begin beginning of uni, like, my mom was, like, helping me with, like, my finances, like, you know, helping me, like, know what forms to fill out and stuff like that. So, you know, I did have a level of, like, dependency, so to speak. So I... I would say I'm independent because it's in my nature to go off and just do things if 
I can't find anyone to do it with, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. like sometimes it's like, oh, I want to travel with my friend. I want to travel with Bay. I want to travel with all these things. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to wait around to for, like to do something with somebody else. So where I, I do have a desire to do things with people, mm. but I just don't have the patience to wait. So I just <laughs> go off and do it basically. <laughs> yeah, no, because that's, I would say that's similar to me in that sense. Yeah. But I thought just because of the transition from university and that being like a smooth one, I wondered if it was because you were kind of, yeah, just independent and comfortable with that. And maybe it was a sign of right. what you were going yeah, to go yeah, into. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, so we did. We met at an NLP day. And I was wondering, has it always been something that's been important to you, this idea of personal development? And I imagine it's yes. But if so... Why has it been important for you to continually engage in like personal development, whether it's courses or just practices in general? Mm-hmm. You know what? When I was um, back in 2014, I think it was, um, I, I, I actually was in a situation where I was challenged emotionally, I guess, you know, in a r- romantic relate- relationship context. Mm. Uh, and I was feeling feelings that were very, very uncomfortable. And, you know, I, I, I didn't really know how to deal with those feelings, right? You know, without going, you know, it's crazy because like when you, when we talk about like heartbreak or we talk about, you know, these breakdowns in relationships and stuff like that, you can't prescribe like the pain that you feel or the frustration that you feel to a doctor like you can't go to a doctor and be like I have a broken heart right like you can't they can't fix it so I was in that position and I was like how do I fix this like how do I like I'm so I'm in so much pain I don't know what to do and I think that's where like my journey started in like you know being the heart stylist and Mm. you know just like, how do I work out this heart of mine? How do I work through that? And that's kind of how my desire for like emotional intelligence and communication and, you know, like relationships and helping people build healthy relationships with each other and understanding that for myself um, was one of the main reasons why I was on that, you know, that NLP course, because I wanted to help people. Um, and I found joy in helping people access, you know, have breakthroughs in in areas that they necessarily they never really initially understood or had had clarity on so yeah that 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 was one of the real reasons why i i chose you know personal development and i think i've always valued communication it's just i think it's just intrinsically just part of who i am you know even growing up as well like articulating how i feel and i've just been very clear and i think obviously being a performer as well has helped me to you know work that communication out you know when you're performing and when you're acting you are exploring uh, uh, you know a wide spectrum of emotions right so there's a lot of education around how actors engage with themselves emotionally and how to you know portray that into a character so they all kind of everything kind of inter- interconnects for me yeah. um but yeah that that's kind of like why i um yeah chose to do personal development yeah i loved it it was like meeting you was just so much fun i instantly just you were like the one person from that day that i continued to speak to and then obviously we went on and 
did the actual course together and stuff one thing that you've spoken about before i think with personal development is this idea of i think people just see it as like work right they don't maybe intellectualize the fact that it's that it's actually you developing like as a human being you're evolving and changing and all these different things and i remember you said on a podcast episode that like it was interesting that as you were practicing to become a coach and you were getting more comfortable with like using the coaching principles just kind of in your everyday life there there was like resistance from from family members like when you would tap into like coaching practices to help how Mm -hmm. how challenging was that to like as you're evolving and developing but just having people that love you and have like said this is ebbs this is who she is like watching them have to like redefine and reshape their opinion of you oh my god i cannot even tell you like i didn't know how much you know just having you know a high level of self-awareness and being in this work so to speak of personal development and being conscious of your development and maybe being around people who are unconscious of their development was is, is and was truly challenging right like you know, being in argument, like I used to get it all the time. Like, oh my, like if I have an argument with my sister or, you know, be like, oh my gosh, but you call yourself the Hansteinist or you, you know, we're so, you know, like when there's like a breakdown in like the relationship, like, oh, I thought you were about this personal development lifestyle. Like, you know, like how comes you're just, you know, like if I get it wrong, for example, Uh, you know or if I I I don't have the courage in that moment to deal with something or whatever I would always get picked on as to like but I thought you were you know what I mean I thought you were this guru I thought you were this coach (laughs) I'm like what the heck guys calm the heck down I did never I never did say I was perfect I you know this is just my work and this is what I do and this is how I help people and that honestly was a really painful, and I think there's been many lessons that I've learned for myself in terms of how I manage and deal with family and, you know, not coaching family members, for example, and just allowing them, just being a listening ear, you know, and not trying to fix or work things out or make, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, those kind of things come up and you're like, mm, yeah, you know, I think maybe I should just listen, you know, because if I do challenge the question or if i follow up with a question if i probe like it just goes all left and i'm just like do you know what this is not what you know my family is not my work so i will just leave that there um so yeah it's definitely challenging honestly i think it's it's the part that you know because you have family and friends connected to you that's where your personal development actually truly happens right through those relationships so yeah it's def- that definitely was a challenge and you know it's a yeah learning process <laughs> yeah it's um yeah it's something i kind of experienced over the years where people have maybe their judgment of you is like outdated almost it becomes outdated like yeah it's um it's challenging like it's challenging but what was kind of your like your thought process behind the like sticking with it and being you know confident like this is this is what i want to do with my life go into coaching and go into this form of practice even though people maybe there was resistance there what what was your like mindset around the idea of continuing to go down that road yeah i mean 
to like this is life right like i i think i i i just look back at how you know a lot of these tools have saved my life literally like mm. a lot of these tools that we have access to you know i'm um a christian and i there is this whole the side of christianity that you know people or misconception that you have to be good all the time well not yeah you have to be good or you have to um pray things away and you have to you know all these things that when you fall ill just pray and growing up in that environment and doing this work really showed me how you know psychology and emotional intelligence all coexist like spirituality all of them they can't exist separately if that mm -hmm. makes sense yeah so i saw the importance you know when i started doing this work i was like no this is really really important and i remember you know having a family member who was battling with mental health at the time and people were really really helpless as to what to do and how to deal with that situation like you know it's not something that you can just pray about you know there has to be some practical tools or some practical steps on conversations and I remember one of the things that I got to do with my family member who was affected was you know doing some personal development activities which was like writing down affirmations so that she can see it and remember her identity who she is and I was like and that honestly was so effective so I I have seen how it's worked for me mm. you know doing this work I see how it people see breakthroughs i see how you know i understand that you, you you know you don't know what you don't know right and i understand that you know we all have blind spots and if you're able to see beyond those blind spots oh, oh my god like there's a whole world that opens up to you right so i think i've seen the the evidence in my life and you know how that's kind of redefined my some of my relationships or how, how it's helped me you know evolve some of my relationships um, and transform the way that I communicate and how I relate with people. And honestly, it, it just works, I think, is, is my point, basically. I've seen it work for me and I know it can work for others as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Something that you've said in a, in a podcast episode as well, this idea of not feeling feminine enough, which I found really interesting. Wow. Because... Yeah. Because... I don't know this idea of because you are this uplifting and joyful person and mm -hmm. I, I just never considered like the insecurities that you may have or right. like the, the the just the battles the internal battles that you may have how have you found that journey in terms of your relationship with the idea of being feminine and I I put that in quotation marks because obviously yeah yeah no because yeah yeah I who know, knows I what guess. who defines what feminine is right but how have you um how have you found that the evolution of that journey and kind of what your relationship is with the idea of you being feminine? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Right. So, Oh, that's a really good question. I, do you know what? So growing up, you know, just to give you some context, like I, mm. you know, I grew up as like, I mean, I, I didn't want to be a tomboy, but I think I just, the things I had around me, Kind of like went got me into that direction so like just when i say tomboy i mean i don't know if it's politically correct or not i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever but um you know I, I just you know i i wasn't really a tomboy but i i probably 
I think I, I wasn't a tomboy, really. I just wasn't comfortable in my femininity, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, yeah. I wasn't confident about... And I think that's a lot of young girls in secondary school, right? You see all these girls, you know, looking a certain type of way, and you compare yourself to them, and you're like, oh, my God, I need to do my hair like this, or I need to talk like this, or I need to walk like this. And I just feel like I had, you know, just... You know, I just really didn't know who I was and what I liked at the time um, in terms of, you know, what I like to wear and how I like to wear it. And, you know, I think generally, like, in secondary school, people are still working out, like, you know, what their preferences are in life, like, what they like to do, what they like to, you know, just generally, like, what they like to wear and all of that kind of stuff. So... I feel like, you know, growing up, there was a lot of, like, insecurities, you know, that came up, you know, because of, not necessarily, I don't think is, yeah, no, I think insecurities that came up when it came to men specifically, you know, like, how at the time, how, you know, like, little boys at the time, like, they just say things and do things that are just silly and you take it to heart and it stays with you for a long time, right? Like, you know, I know people who are dealing with traumas from like primary school and secondary school up until this day for the things that they've experienced. And I think that was for me, like, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't necessarily unliked in school, but I did have, I did internalize some of the things that were said or done, you know what I mean? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think I, it really stayed with me and that impacted my confidence and how I saw myself growing up, which, you know, this idea of femininity was like, I'm not feminine enough, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just felt like I was never really like a desire, you know, and, and maybe that not being feminine enough just really meant like I didn't feel desirable, like I didn't feel like attractive and all of that kind of stuff so it really did play on my confidence and how I saw myself and how I carried myself um you know throughout like college times um and I guess it was up until I got to university that you know I still struggled with like my you know weight and all of that kind of stuff and I think the weight thing to be honest has just been like a whole like it's been a lot you know I've never been a small person I've never been like do you know what I mean? You, yeah. I mean, you'd only catch me in two phases of my life that I've ever been like super sl slim. And that's because I did a beauty pageant and I had to work out for that. <laughs> and um, another time is when, you know, I just, yeah, I lost so much weight at uni because of stress. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've never really been. So I think it's a combination of, you know, insecurities about like weight and being desirable and, you know, all these things that I think are just very common for women um i think those are just genuinely some of the things that i've 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 battled with so to speak yeah so i mean i love that answer one thing yeah. one small thing i've taken i want to ask you about is the beauty pageant so how did you find oh, how did you find it to, like participating in a beauty pageant oh my god it was incredible like honestly that's like one of the best things I could have ever done for myself mm. and it was such a pivotal moment not just for me but for my family so 
at the time I'd put on so much weight, right? And I was like, oh my gosh. So in order, like when it comes to like getting feared and losing weight and all of that kind of stuff, I always need like a goal, like something to work towards, something to get me excited. So I usually do like 10K runs. I'd usually do like, I mean, I've not done a marathon yet, but there's something that is on the radar. But I, I would usually do like all these like challenges, right? Like these physical challenges. But I was getting bored of like the 5Ks and the 10Ks, like, you know, like Nike would host some really cool stuff. And I was like, this is boring now. I need something else to look forward to. And my friend was like, oh my gosh, I'm competing. She, she's a bodybuilder, right? She's like, oh, oh, she's competing in this like beauty pageant. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, really? She was like, you should compete. I was like, what? <laughs> and then she showed me and I saw the videos of like the previous events, right? And you have to wear a bikini on stage. <laughs> like you wear a bikini, you have to wear, you know, like a proper, you know, like if, have you seen this congeniality? I haven't, but I've seen parts I've of, seen it. of it. It's literally like miscongeniality, literally, but like for fitness. And so I have to wear a bikini on stage and then I have to like wear like a dress, like an evening dress. I was like, are you kidding me? Am I going to go on stage in front of thousands of people with a bikini <laughs> with my Nigerian mother? Like, what? So I, I can't like, I love the idea of it, but I, I don't know if I could bring myself to it only because of my Christian, like my community at the time that I thought that, you know, wouldn't be, you know, supportive and my family, right? So I remember asking my mom one day, I was like, mom, there's this beauty pageant that I want to do, but you have to wear a bikini on stage. And then, and then, and then my mom was like, do you know what she said back to me? She's like, well, there's a first time for everything. And I was like, (laughs) when she said that, I was like, oh my word. I got my mom's approval. After I got her approval, I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And I literally trained for about four months, four wow, months, yeah. um, training hard. I won, like I won. So I've done the beauty, beauty pageant twice. I won. I came fifth place the first time. I was the biggest in the entire pageant, and I lost. Like I can't even tell. Like I, I think I lost like two stone or something like that. Wow. Crazy. I do have pictures. Um, <laughs> I find them, and yeah, I. It was an incredible experience. I had my friends and family come down to support me. And honestly, this was like one of the parts of like that, you know, finding my confidence, right? Mm. Is trying all these new things and like, you know, not caring what people think, you know, so to speak. Like, I think everyone has their own journey. There's a way that we all find or get in touch with ourselves. And when I, I, I had the courage to do something like that, I was like, oh my God. And it inspired other people, like, and other people who were did that, like saw me do that. And they were like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you did a beauty pageant. Like, you know, in with you know, and I'm from an, like, like an African community. Like it's yeah, not yeah. quite common. So yeah, it was, it was good fun. That was a great memory. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It was, um, yeah, that was just really interesting. I didn't know that about you. So I loved it. Yeah. You've spoken about kind of, yeah the idea of femininity and like that like evolving over the years how did you find because when you started your coaching practice it was i don't know if it was all women but it was predominantly working with women right how was that early experience of coaching um um it was it was incredible i think um you know i've I've done so outside of the nlp i've done other courses as well that have really you know made an impact on how i see the world and how 
to deal with people and how not to be afraid of people. And do you know what? It's crazy because we actually like when I think about when I when I have moments where I'm anxious and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm so super super frightened right now. Like right now I'm in a different country. Yeah. Sometimes I don't think about it, but I'm like, oh, I am actually by myself. What the heck? You know, <laughs> anything can happen. But you know, I've done courses that you know help helped me to address some of my fears and stuff like that, and I still experience it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, taking a lot of these things that I learned from these places and sharing them within my community of women um, has been splendid and it's helped me build, you know, a deeper connection with women. And I think, you know, especially, you know, maybe women who are unconscious about how they feel and what they experience. Um, I really want, because women go through the, you know, very, very similar challenges, you know, mm. like confidence thing, the body confidence thing. I feel like confidence in general is just such a big thing for women. So I found that like a really, I'm able to relate to women that way because we are, you know, literally, you know, experience the same things and similar things. So I think that, yeah, my role with like working with women has been incredible. Like I, I love, like, if you see my Instagram, like we're always just me and the girls, like girls that I don't know, women that I know, women I don't know. We're just having banter in the DMs. And, you know, sometimes we share, you know, if I'm vulnerable, they might share and say that, you know, this is something that they've experienced as well. And yeah, it's it's been incredible working with women. And I, I just love that we are able to, empower each other you know i think when women come together we are just inseparable and yeah incredible people yeah yeah and something i found really interesting was this idea of you spoke about initially doing events mainly for women and then right. being approached by guys being like oh do you do events for guys can you speak to this idea right. of like i guess opening your eye like opening your yourself up to this idea of working with men as well in a professional development like situation oh wow that was completely like that was like very eye-opening experience actually because when i got those messages um because i was doing a retreat at the time for these women and i had some like messages from guys some of my guy friends saying you know hey Eb, like what's going on how comes i wasn't invited or how comes i'm not there and blah blah it was actually craig <laughs> craig was like the person who messaged me he doesn't i don't know if he knows this um this is our mutual friend yeah, yeah. but craig literally he messaged me and then another one of my friends like three guys different guys that like, oh i see you doing this for the lady and um, I was like, hmm, what is going on here? So I remember doing, I was like, is there something I'm missing here, right? So I remember doing some like market research and I went to like this, a friend of mine was ho- hosting um, a, an event for men um, and it was targeted at, at, at men. So I thought, um, but it was open to women as well. So I decided to go and I took the market research that I did and just did some, you know, just asked some questions because I was then curious as to whether this, if the, you know are men really interested in personal development is yeah. this is because i've never seen it before right so i asked questions i took it around and just had some really interesting conversations about like you know masculinity and being an alpha male and is that you know is that something you struggle with or is that concept that you're aware of and emotional intelligence and what's important to you is it leadership relationship you know or asking all these different questions and um you know the response was amazing and i remember 
I think one of the pivotal moments um, to kind of me choosing to pivot, you know, towards, you know, delivering some some of this type of work for men was when I met up with one of the guys who, you know, at the time, I didn't really know him well at the time, but I, I invited him to have an interview with me just to ask questions, again, part of my research. And I was talking to him about, you know, his life and stuff like that. And, you know, he just looked like, he, I mean, he is a great guy, he, you know, probably works in finance or something like that. You know, he looks like you're, at, you know, you know, the, the city man, the city yeah. life man. And I remember asking, I was like, oh, you know, what's an alpha male? We're just talking about different things. And he was giving me some insight into how he thinks and how men, th- well, how the men in his, in his community thinks, because I think, you know, men all think, you know, they, men are, are men, but I feel like there's like diverse thinking, like everybody has a different way of thinking, you know, you don't think the same way as somebody else, you know, some men are, you know, very conscious about their emotions, some men are very unconscious about their emotions, some men are aware that they can cry, some, a lot of men are aware that they, you know, it's, a, it's okay to be able to cry, do you know what I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just so many different mindsets right so um with this particular guy I remember like as we were going and I was just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I was just like listening he started to talk to me about his personal life and he started to talk about his brother who had committed suicide a month prior to the conversation that we wow. were having now looking at him as an individual I like I would never have known that that was the case right mm. um you know, and that was crazy. And I said, how are you being supported through that? What are you doing? Um, you know, th- this was literally a month away, right? Like, I-, I didn't even know. And, you know, he said that, you know, they're just dealing with it as a family. And but it didn't seem like he had, you know, he was talking about not having the outlet to, 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 to be able to deal with that and speak with that and talk to the guys about it. I was like, well... And then after that, I was like, well, there is there is really a space that's required and needed for men to come together to be able to have these conversations, so to speak, or to have a community. And I think by nature, what I do, personal development and community is at the core of who I am, bringing people together. So if I'm able to bring women together, then I'm, I should be able to bring men together, right? And Because I have, um, you know, a community of like, male friends as well who don't know each other but know of each other I was like you yeah. guys should all just get together and like be cool and whatever and like have conversations and that's how mentality birthed you know through all of those conversations and you know hearing men transparently express the challenges that they experienced and how and what life is like from that point of view was like yeah y'all need y'all need a space I'm going to help you out to create that. So that's how mentality came about. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, anybody that kind of knows me knows how much I love mentality. And I was a yes. fan, I was a fan of yours anyway. So as soon as, <laughs> so when you combine that with men's mental health, men's mental health, it was like, oh, right. I, like I had immediate faith in it. And then, I got to meet Tambo, who's obviously been on the podcast, and and how inviting he was, and how welcome he made me feel. It immediately settled my nerves, like straight away with 
the idea of being vulnerable, but just also a new space that I didn't know nothing about until right. until right. I'd been a part of it. So, yeah, I love the way you do with mentality. And I was wondering, could you speak to how you found the first event that you ever did with mentality? And can you right. describe like how you felt when you did the first event with mentality? Um, oh my gosh, I. that day was like a dream that I honestly wish I was more I I think I had been planning so much for it and I like you know when you're in the middle of it you're like wait what this is actually happening there's all this men in the room like in this big auditorium like I just couldn't believe it even like when I I I wish I was more present because I was like focused on like organizing things and getting things together and stuff like that. So, I mean, the, the mentality lives after that, I've definitely been able to immerse myself into it. But the first one honestly was like a dream. I honestly can't believe how it happened. I, I, I just know it happened <laughs> and it was freaking amazing. And just having all of those men in the same room, like, Oh my gosh, it was, it was a very rewarding experience and I'm, I'm, I'm super, super like, like right now, I like, I just, I'm even welling up thinking about it because oh. I just, it, it, it's the fact that, you know, like when something was in your mind and you're able to bring it to life and it, and it's even better than you imagine, right. It's yeah. even better. Like the impact, like having men, you know, having conversations in a way that they never had before, you know, having men, um, you know, be able to laugh and shake hands and it's not a hostile environment, you know, everyone's having a laugh, you know, everyone's talking about things that truly matter to them. You know, we're not just talking about money, we're not just talking about, you know, um, power, we're talking about the things that hurt us or the things that excite us and all of those things, right? So that event, Mentality Life 2017 was literally a dream and i worked with some incredible people shout out to tabo misha michelle john prince you know craig like there was just so grace um to kia and you know our, our our team has evolved and you know but honestly it's just yeah that 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 first experience was incredible is is my word yeah, yeah and i think that kind of accurately describes a lot of the events to right. have. And I guess it's it's probably symbolic of you and Tambo and Michelle and Mish and, you know, kind of the tone that you guys set in, in this right. idea of, you know, there can be 60 guys in a room and if you put that right. in like 90% of like contexts, there's going right. to be like alpha ego stuff. There's going to be hyper-masculine, kind of like competitive, just... I don't know what it is, but like guys trying to suss each other out, but literally, but it's the one space that I found that it was like, it was supportive. It was collaborative. It was, you know, caring and compassionate. It was like, you guys figured out a way of getting like that compassionate kind side of guys and saying, this is the bit that like, we're going to be focusing on. And that's what we want you to bring. Right. Literally positive vibes yeah. like you know because that's like i just oh yeah i mean i love it like it i think it's a reflection of 
you know, community, like when community comes together, I feel like it's a reflection of some genuine like male friendships, right? It's like, you know, when you're really comfortable with each other, you're cool, you're vibes, you can joke, it's not hostile, it's not, you know, there's no like, oh yeah, I'm powerful, I'm more powerful. Mm -mm -mm." No, like, you know, there's real genuine conversation. So we really, at Mentality, we really value relationships, right? And that's Mm -hmm. like, we really value that community um, stance and um, for us it's just important that guys feel safe you know I think that's the core part of what we want to create is that safe environment where guys don't feel judged and you know if you know you also you, you've been to pretty much all our events and you know that you know some of the ladies sometimes we're not even present or we're at the back doing you know doing our own thing and just leave the guys to have the conversations and leave you guys to it really yeah. um, and Honestly, it's just when when I get to listen in, I am always moved by the conversations. And we might be repeating, you know, guys might say the same thing again, but it's just the yeah. fact that, you know, you come to mentality, you might feel unhappy or, un, you know, heavy. And then when you leave, you feel lighter and, and, and bright. So, you know, super, super exciting stuff. Yeah, and I, um, I'll start. I've never actually said this on the podcast, but I think when I was when I was thinking of questions to ask you about mentality was I'm going to ask the question after I've said this because I think it's probably important to have the context. Otherwise, it it might sound like a bit of a crazy question. But yeah, yeah. ever since doing Guards of Eden, because I've had predominantly female guests, I think spending as much time as I do investing energy, time in learning you know women like yourself stories and kind of trying to get to know you in this way that i've never ever tried to get to know people in it isn't it's a strange way to get to know someone right to kind of prepare to do research and prepare for a conversation on a podcast right but i think it's probably changed my perception and relationship with women um and i don't think it was because it was necessarily negative prior to that but it's definitely evolved and yeah it's just changed like i there is an element of like being far more platonic right this idea of i don't know really how to phrase it specifically but i know that there's been a shift there's been an emotional and mental shift with just me and women in general and i was wondering if the work that you've done with mentality has changed your perception or led to an evolution in your perception or relationship with men romantic non-romantic just in the great big picture yeah i mean you know it it helped me to you know really you know starting mentality helped me to understand you know like understand men better first Mm. and foremost like just understanding like how men think how you know men you know they don't like to it's not not puzzles like just straight to the point kind of thing like even when i'm having conversations with the men on my team like i i, I get it i'm like oh okay they just want me to just say it straight up like don't be around the bush no fluffy stuff just just give it to me kind of thing <laughs> um so like in terms of like communication and you know understanding and all of that kind of stuff like it makes sense like i'm I get the intention. I I get it. I'm, I'm more sensitive to how men feel. I'm more cognitive to how to you know dealing with men and things to say and things not to say. The same with women, you know, like there are things that you know you just 
you don't say, you know, you just don't talk about a woman's body or just don't like, just don't, there's just things that you are cognitive about when it comes to like women, same way I'm cognitive when it comes to men about certain things. And um, I just value the fact that men are comfortable, one, to see mentality as a safe space and two, to be able to share their stories, um, you know, and trust that, because I guess for me, you know, at first I was very like wary and, worried about you know starting mentality as a women as a woman I was like oh my gosh like am I going to be seen as like or like thirsty or like why am I doing it for guys or why do I have to be the one to do it like why can't a guy do it like why am I in the like I really was that imposter syndrome was really really strong at the beginning and it almost discouraged me from stopping like not starting mentality at all because I was like, I don't know if I'm in the right position to do this. I have the capacity to, but should I? Because not everything that you can do, you should do, so to speak. Mm, yeah. But when I was looking at the, the the impact that it will have, and when I was looking at the outcome of what we were creating, I was like, no, I I'm a facilitator for this. I'm not the leader of this. I'm not the for, I'm not the front face of this. I am the one facilitating the spaces for these things to happen, right? Mm. Um, so that was really my focus. And yeah, I've, you know, like I, I have great relationships. I feel like it's definitely helped me um, build my relationship because I, I did have a very, I guess, like wounded relationship with men growing up and not in a bad, like not in a kind of like, you know, n- nothing specifically happened, so to speak. I think just like little encounters that impacted my confidence whilst growing up and interacting with men. Um, and that definitely made me feel afraid of men mm. and made me feel intimidated by men. It sounds silly, but it genuinely was my experience. And so coming into this space and doing this work helped me to see men as, you know, they're not scary people. And, you know, not everybody's out to get me, for example, not everybody's out to attack, you know, nothing always has to be wrong. Um, and that this is, you know, my experience and my story. So when I'm dealing with men, it's like, well, you know, men have emotions too. Men, you know, have experiences too. You know, these are things that men deal with. So it definitely has cultivated a more healthier awareness and of of the men that are around me and in my life, even my dad as well. I was more cognitive to the fact that, you know, my dad is just, he's not just my dad. He's, he's a person, right? He is a son. He's somebody's son. He also has a trauma and a an experience that I never ever explored or addressed with him. You know, so I was like, oh my gosh, like my dad's dad died when he was like very young. So I was like, you've had an experience without a father. So how are you doing? You know, outside of hey dad, like I need fifty bucks, or hey dad, you know, like do you, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you know. Like having this expectation of him as a father, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how about my dad as a person, as a friend, like, what is his experience? So, um, yeah, it's mentality has made me very cognitive to my the relationships to the men in my life and, you know, men in general as well. Yeah, that's super powerful. It's so interesting because, like you said, right, like what you've said in terms of just because you can do it doesn't mean you should, which mm. is like, in- yeah incredibly powerful but you've been able to help so many men in terms of provide them with that space and it's Mm. 
yeah, it's a special space with mentality. Something I want to touch on, and I'm conscious of the volatility, the emotional sensitivity around this topic in particular, but we're coming up to, we're nearly a year year since um, the killing of George Floyd, and we're currently going through right. the trial when we're recording. So the past year, I think for me as someone who's white and has to be conscious of this, although I'm a part of the mentality group, there's a lot of people that are a part of the mentality space that are from an Afro background, from that are black, yeah. and they've had to just experience so much over the past year in particular. How have you found the process of your own grief and own mourning with that with that and Breonna Taylor and the Ahmaud Arbery stuff all happening in such a close thing, whilst also yeah. still being people looking to you as men as a place for like refuge, emotional refuge, refuge, like being like, I'm in a ton of pain and mentally being such a powerful group for helping men with pain. How have you found that process over the past year? Because you've been active with mentally, you know, me, I did some Instagram live with, within, with mentally, but you've been active with the page and the group and with the community over the past year. And I was wondering how have you found balancing your emotion your own emotional response to that whilst also being someone that supports a lot of men that have felt pain over the past year last year was a mazzolini yes i remember that day when george floyd was killed and i remember having to take a day off work like i remember Mm. taking my sim card out of my phone and putting it into like (laughs) Uh, you know, like a trap phone. Yeah, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, those phones with no internet, nothing. I remember taking my SIM card out, putting it into that phone and switching off my smartphone yeah. and just like receiving calls and texts. I, I, I came off the internet. I was physically drained. Mm. Men- I, I, I think I went, wa- I like, I walked from my house to like Greenwich Park. I, I'm based in Kent. I, I walked the whole day just walking and crying and praying and walking and crying and praying. And I was drained. I was tired. Mm. I've never been so cognitive of my, of how being black has, has, you know, how much of a, a joy it is to be black, but how much of a burden, you know, it is to have to carry some of, I guess those experiences and, you know, where I'm, you know, I'm, I wasn't direct. I mean, I can say I was affected by it for sure. I'm not, you know, in, in like directly affected, but it did have an impact Mm. on my life experience and how I saw myself as a black woman in the world. um, And, and my friends around me and we literally everyone in my community was mourning, you know, Mm. like this, was a big thing and I you know seeing the protest and you know experiencing that as well and it was it was a big deal and at the time I remember just being so aware of how many black men we have supported and helped over the past year how they were doing you know how are you doing and it was 
because it was so noisy, like, you know, online, it was, it was hard to really check in, right? Yeah. Like, it was hard to check in and, like, to everybody. Like, I, 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 like at the time, I felt I, I needed to check in with every single black man that mm-hmm. I had encountered, right? Like, I felt like I need to check in with everybody, even on my personal Instagram and the mentality. Like, I just felt like black men, wow. And, you know, for you, those of you guys who are listening as well, like mentality, you know, 90% of our audience are black men. It's not limited to black men. That's who we attract as well. And um, it's just, it's been a joy, you know, being able to, you know, black men are the hardest to target when it comes to mental health. Mm. Um, you know, it is one of the statistics that, you know, when it comes to mental health, you know, talk, getting black men to, you know, like, I, I think it's more common now, like, black men engaging in therapy and conversations, like, it's it's happening now, you know, men are having those conversations. But yeah, like, that was a really hard time to answer your question. Um, and yeah, like, we want to be able to provide, I mean, right now, we're working on using mentality as a space to encourage more men to engage in therapy mm. um because I think there's a lot to work through um as a man I feel like for any experience so you know like you know therapy has no color race gender do you know what I mean like I feel mm. like it's for everybody is my point um and so we want to get therapy to to men um and definitely to to black men um because there's a lot happening in, you know, even just a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know if you heard about um, Dante, like yeah. being shot. It, it's crazy. Like there's so much going on. And honestly, it's hard to take in. Sometimes I'm like so numb because I'm like, I don't even know if I have the emotional capacity to process this right now because it actually is happening. And, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. But yeah. That's, that's what we were doing at Mentality at the moment, which is like creating, um, you know, encouraging more men to um, take on therapy. Yeah, which I completely agree with as someone that does. And yeah, it's tra- it's been transformational in my life. Um, can you speak mm. to why why it's important to do work that is aligned with your beliefs, with your purpose and with just your aspirations in the world because I think the work that you do is so aligned with who you are and the very spirit of your being Mm. and I was wondering can you speak to why it's important that you do do work that is yeah that's aligned with who you are as a person yeah I mean I think I think like the answers within it itself is 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 that it aligns with who I am and um you know anything that's outside of that is not of interest to me so to speak um and it's honestly an incredible thing to just i think i've had um you know experiences that have just been like yes this is what i'm supposed to do yes this is what i'm supposed to do and when i i think there's some things when i i I really have a heart for people i have a heart for you know having people be free i feel like that's what it is i love that people you know joy and freedom is like really two things that are core to my being right that you are able to be free to express yourself free you know self-expression right and also that joy that you experience when you have a breakthrough like that's kind of that that tangible joy that 
you know, when you're able to work through a difficult relationship or work through a difficult trauma or work through a difficult memory or, or you know, and, and you're able to come to the other side and you're able to be wholesome and, you know, thriving and all of these things. And I think I genuinely enjoy seeing people have joy. And um, that's one of the main reasons why I do mentality and I do all these different things and these communities because, you know, I don't like emotional suffering. (laughs) I don't know when people suffer emotionally. It's, you know, I feel like there's, you know, there's suffering that people experience physically, but there's also an emotional suffering that we experience as people, you know, whether that's, you know, getting to a stage where you're experiencing, um, you know, suicidal thoughts or you get into a space where you're experiencing, um, you know, grief or there's so much, there's different levels of suffering that people experience. And I want to be able to soothe that suffering, you know, to, to eliminate that suffering um, and turn that suffering into joy, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully that doesn't sound too airy-fairy, but... No, yeah, I love that, it. Articulates. I, I love it. I love it. So, Ebs, how can people find more of you? And, yeah, where's best to follow or websites, social medias? Yeah, I mean, so instagram you can find me at the heart stylist so the heart as in love heart stylist as in fashion stylist um so the heart stylist uh on on instagram and twitter um instagram is my my main page or you can find me on linkedin at evan ali and you know feel free to dm me if you want to have a conversation about mentality or any of the things that i've um i've spoken about on here um yeah those are my socials I love it. I love it. So, yep, everything is living in the show notes, guys. So please check the little box on the platform that you're listening to and check out Ebbs and everything going on. Right, Ebbs, the final four questions. They are... Final questions? Yeah, they are questions that are more general, but they're questions that I ask all the guests and they're kind of big, grandioso life questions. So... Okay, cool. Let's go. Let's do it. Question number one. If I was to give you a megaphone that spoke to the entire world and you could share only one message, what would it be? Enjoy your life. Mm, I love it. That's great. Um, (laughs) Number two. What's your biggest personal struggle that many people may not know about? Self-discipline. Discipline. Oh, I like it. Number three. What are three personality traits slash characteristics that you'd say you've built your life upon up to this point? Oh, uh, personality trait. Fun, joy, um, friendly. Mm, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And the last question, which is my favorite question. Many years into the future, your time as Eben Ali is coming to an end. The person closest to you only has one sentence to describe you and your time here on earth. What would you hope that would be? so nice oh that is so nice i would i would love it to be oh you brought joy to my world you are my sunshine (laughs) 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 oh that's so perfect ebs i'm so so happy we got to have this conversation i can't wait to see you in the real life and 
yeah, just hear about your life because you're someone that's always interesting and makes me, you give me like vicarious good feels like through your life. I love, oh, love seeing what you're yay. doing. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. And for those of you that are interested in Mentali, I'll leave that stuff in the no- show notes too. Please go check out their work if you believe that you would like to be in that space. So goodbye, everyone. <laughs>